Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are going to answer some mailbag questions here on this bye weekend with our friend who is the editor over at jetnation.com, host of Jet Nation Radio, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, thanks for coming back on the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. It's been a little while and uh, always a good time to come on and and, uh, you know, throw around some ideas about the Jets. Especially when the Jets are 6-3. and three. That's the best time to come on, right? It's unbelievable. You know, it's even though, you know, I, I think a lot of us felt like this team had enough talent to be better than people expected. Like, I don't think anyone said they'd be 6-3, and three, so it's, it's fantastic. It sure is, and that's why we've got a lot of questions, because people are very interested right now. First question comes in from Drew Nestico. He says, with perspective of the Buffalo game, what was the biggest impediment to the Jets beating a far inferior Patriots team one week prior? Was it the Jets' game plan, adjusting to life without Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, Bill Belichick's genius, Zach Wilson's mistakes, something else? Please help me make sense of this. There were a lot of factors, but I would say, and Glenn, I'm guessing you probably agree with me, above all, it was the play of Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson had played anything close to the way that he played in the victory over the Bills, the Jets probably win that game going away. Now, you could also go back to that penalty on John Franklin Myers, but ultimately, Zach Wilson's mistakes killed the Jets over and over again. And not only did he have bad mistakes, but he was just so inefficient throwing the football 
every time he would run back 10 yards and then try to throw it away or end up barely throwing it away. There was just nothing positive happening there. So yeah, Belichick had a really good game plan. They obviously were hurt by Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker not being in there. You can nitpick the game plan. We could talk about the penalty on John Franklin Myers, but ultimately to me, the number one reason the Jets lost that game was Zach Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, you know, and, uh, and as the question says, there were a lot of factors that went into it. The John Franklin Myers thing, I have a hard time pinning things on stuff that happens when you've still got, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes of playtime still left. Um, you know, the Jets had time to, to still win that game and overcome that, that, what was a terrible play by Franklin Myers. But yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down to Zach Wilson. He was, he was playing sloppy, and I think, you know, shockingly to almost any observer, he said after the game, you know, I'm getting bored, I'm tired of throwing the ball away, and I think he just got lackadaisical, and, you know, that, that the ball he didn't get out of bounds is probably the worst of, of all the picks, and, and it's got to fall on him. Next question comes in from Bobby Veep. He asks, is there some way to find out what's really going on with Elijah Moore? I'm just going to say what I think is probably happening here. It feels to me like this has basically been a soft benching. The Jets have been punishing him the last couple of weeks for what went down and sort of teaching him a lesson. I think once the bye week is over and he comes back, they'll start targeting him a little bit more, working him into the offense. You heard what Robert Salas said. They're going to be putting together different ways to get the ball in Elijah Moore's hands, play him in the slot more. So I think that's really what was going on is he was out there, but they were trying to teach him a lesson, and it was, as I said, sort of a soft benching, so to speak. I, I think you're right. I think it was it was really surprising to me, only because, you know, to have a guy out there and take that many reps, knowing you're not going to include him in the game plan, um, just a little bit surprising to, to to have him on the field, knowing that you're not going to let him contribute. Of course, you know, given his skill set, defense still have to respect him a little bit, but uh, obviously, you know, he's not a guy defenses are losing any sleep over at the moment, and that's kind of my expectation too. Is once. You know, whether it's right after the bye or a week or two after that, I think at some point you reincorporate him, and that's really a bonus for the Jets because, let's face it, regardless of the issue, he's a super talented player. Speaking of Elijah Moore, we had another question about him, and I agree with you, of course, Glenn, on his talent. The question comes in from John Donnelly. He says, with Mims leaping Elijah Moore on the depth chart, do you see Elijah Moore being a healthy scratch going forward? That's the only option I see unless they dress six on game day. No, he is not going to be a healthy scratch going forward. It's like we just said, he's going to play some in the slot. They're going to start targeting him a little bit more. He's been punished for what he did, and I think correctly so. Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have to maintain control over the roster. They have to show everybody that if somebody lashes out the way that Elijah Moore did, he's not going to be rewarded by being traded. He's not going to be rewarded by getting tons of targets to placate him. They have to pull him back a bit, show him who's boss, and then slowly but surely integrate him back into the passing game, and I think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that uh, I don't think you're going to see this uh, a situation where he gets because listen, they're, they're such different players. They play two different roles. I know they're both wide receivers, but you know what they contribute, what they bring to the offense are really different things, different aspects. So you're not gonna you're not gonna bench Elijah Moore and say we're gonna have Denzel Mims take on that role because he doesn't do what Elijah Moore does, and Elijah doesn't do what Denzel Mims does. So I think he stays active, and as we both said, you know at some point becomes a part of the offense again. Thanks for listening to Play Like a Jet. Just want to remind you that there's plenty of time for you to go over to prizepicks.com and make your daily fantasy entries on their player projections. Make sure you go to prizepicks.com using the promo code PLAJ and get in on the action because it's a lot of fun and it's really easy. 
Here's how it works. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. You can do football, NFL, college football. You can do basketball, NBA, college basketball, NASCAR, UFC, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's promo code PLAJ at prizepix.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question from Peter J. Dillard. He says, gentlemen, I have to ask this question. Did the Jets actually beat Buffalo? Did I actually watch that happen? Also, what would you do at right tackle after the bye? What do you think the Jets will do? Finally, are you concerned that Jeremy Ruckert can't be the third tight end over Kenny Eboa? Thanks for taking the questions. First question, yes, they did actually beat Buffalo. I was in the stadium. I watched it with my own two eyes. I was as shocked as anybody else, but they did win that game, and I think in the process they showed that they can hang with just about anybody when the defense is playing like that and when Zach Wilson is playing at a competent level. Not great, not amazing, not even good per se, but competent. The Jimmy G role, if you will. That's what Jimmy G did for the San Francisco 49ers, and we saw the results 
if Zach Wilson can at least be at that level this year, somewhere in that 15 to 22 range as a quarterback, then the Jets are going to be a problem for just about anybody. What do you think the Jets will do at right tackle? I think it's going to be a matter of Dwayne Brown staying at left tackle and George Fant probably going in at right tackle if he's healthy. Max Mitchell will then be the backup at right tackle for Fant. It's always good to have depth, and I think Max Mitchell has a very good chance to win the right tackle spot for next year, but I think right now they would roll with George Fant because he's a more seasoned player, and they would think that he would do a better job in pass protection for Zach Wilson. But remember, he has been hurt a couple of times now, so it's always good to have Max Mitchell sitting back there behind Fant. Also, are we concerned about Jeremy Ruckert not being the third tight end? Not really. I kind of figured this was going to be a bit of a redshirt year for Jeremy Ruckert. I didn't think he'd do much until next year. So I'm not really surprised or upset about it. And even if Jeremy Ruckert doesn't work out, which I hope that isn't the case, you have to look at the rest of the draft class and say to yourself, well, Clemens is playing pretty good. We've already seen some positive contributions from Max Mitchell. We already know what the Jets can get out of Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson. So even if Jeremy Ruckert ends up not panning out, that would still be an outstanding draft class. But hopefully he gets on track and next year he becomes a contributor. Yeah, I think with the O-line, someone asked me that the other day, and I basically said the same thing. I think that you're looking at Fant coming back. He's the veteran. He's the more experienced guy. Now, if he's, you know, we're, we're assuming that the ineffectiveness prior to him going on, uh, you know, short-term IR was due to the injury. If he comes back and he's himself, he stays there. Now, if he struggles and has another game where he gives up, you know, two, three sacks, do you look at Mitchell? Possibly. But I think in the short term or, or in, in the near future, once he's healthy, they plug him in on the right side and Max Mitchell becomes the backup. As far as Ruckert, a um, little bit, I would say, because I was a big Yaboa guy. I liked him pre-draft. I was hoping, that, you know, the Jets would, I thought he might be a day three type guy. Um, I'm a little bit surprised because I thought Ruckert would be, a, I, I knew he wouldn't be a, a day one, you know, 30, 40 snaps a game. But I thought that, I actually thought we would see Yaboa early in the year. And then by sort of week eight, nine, ten, we'd see Ruckert take over and, and, you know, and come along and pass him. But the fact that he hasn't doesn't worry me. It's, am I slightly surprised? A little bit. But worried, not at this point. Next question comes in from Tyler Sloboda. He asks, is it possible for the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots to all make the playoffs? It looks like it's going to be close. Also, what are the odds that Jets and Dolphins in Week 18 becomes a primetime game? Depending on the severity of the Josh Allen injury, it could be a very spicy game. Let's start with the first part. Yeah, it is possible that those three teams could all make the playoffs. I'm not going to say it's impossible because obviously one of them is going to win the division. And then if you look at the teams in the AFC, it's sort of wide open when it comes to the playoff picture. You've got Kansas City in the West. And then beyond that, the Chargers, you don't know what you're getting out of them. They're 6-3 and three right now, but they've been winning these games by razor-thin margins. And they've still got some tough games left on the schedule. The Bengals have been sort of up and down. They started slow. The Ravens look like they're probably going to be in the mix for the division. So one of those teams will win the division. The other one, I don't know. Are they going to go to the playoffs? I don't expect much from the Browns or Steelers. I don't expect much from anybody who doesn't win the division in the AFC South for sure. That division's terrible. So there's absolutely a scenario where every team in the AFC East makes the playoffs. If I had to guess, I would say three of the teams in the AFC East probably make it. I think one of them won't. Most likely that team would be the Patriots, but I wouldn't put it past the Patriots to find a way to sneak in. Remember, I don't think anybody thought the Patriots were making the playoffs last year, 
and they did. As far as the Week 18 game with the Dolphins and the Jets, I think there's a pretty decent chance that'll get flexed to a primetime game because that very well could be for a playoff spot or a playoff seed or even for the division, depending on, as you said, Tyler, what happens with Josh Allen's injury. So pretty solid chance that that game gets flexed in Week 18, and that would be the most meaningful game the Jets have played in seven years, really, since that game where they lost in Buffalo with Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015. Yeah, boy, that, as, as you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking about the, the miserable uh, trip I took up to Buffalo to watch them lose that game, and I was thinking about going to the Week 18 game this year. A um, little bit longer trek. Yeah, um, as, as I said, you know, thinking about coming out there for that game, I could see it happening because it, that is a game that, it, when you have playoff implications that late in the season, major market team, I think you know that kind of makes you a prime candidate to see yourself get moved up to the get moved up to the late game and you know get get the whole country watching. You know, it, it's a great question because myself, I was looking at the standings the other day. The thought of them all making the playoffs didn't occur to me, but I did sit there and say, "Wow, like this this AFC East is really playing at a high level." Um, you have a, a bunch of good teams, at least three good teams playing really well, and then of course the Pats. So it, it's a great question, and as, as you say, it's. It's it's a possibility, you know, the likelihood, you know, I don't know what, what odds you'd put on it, but I would say it's definitely not out of the question. I will say this, Glenn, if you go to that game in week 18, even if the Jets lose, I have a feeling you'll have a much better time in Miami than Buffalo. No offense to people in Buffalo, <laughs> but it's a tad bit colder in Buffalo that time of year. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Next question comes in from Jesse Peretz. He asks, what am I supposed to do with all this time that I usually spend this time of year reading mock drafts? Also, if the Jets fired Robert Sala, which former player do you think would come back out of nowhere to coach the team? I want to say Chad Pennington. That, of course, is a reference to Jeff Saturday out of nowhere, like an RKO coming in to be the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts. My theory on this and I texted my friend George Bremer, who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, one of the best on the Colts beat. And he didn't say that this is what's going on, but he also said that he wouldn't put it past the Colts. My own theory is the Colts know that they're cruising for a bruising. They know that they're cooked. And they're basically in tank mode now. And so Jeff Saturday, who is one of the most popular players in the history of the franchise, is there because they don't want the fans to boo and go crazy down the stretch of the season. If Jeff Saturday's on the sideline, they're more likely to give the Colts a little bit of benefit of the doubt and not go super crazy. Kind of the same way that I think might be the case if it was Nick Mangold, and that would be the answer to your question, by the way, who the Jets would pick as the coach out of nowhere. I think if Nick Mangold was on the sideline for the Jets, Jet fans, especially in a year that was already going so poorly, might cut the team a little bit more slack because you'd watch Nick Mangold in a press conference for a few weeks and you'd say, oh, come on, I can't get mad. It's Nick Mangold. Of course, by the time the season's over, then they go and they hire a new coach and they try to regroup and maybe get a quarterback. And I think really, if you look at what the Indianapolis Colts are doing, the biggest failure there is when Andrew Luck surprise retired, they never found a way to replace him. They tried to paper it over with a year of Phillip Rivers. It was okay. And then after that, it's been one mess after another. The Carson Wentz acquisition, I think sealed the fate of Frank Reich They went out and they got Matt Ryan Who was clear was completely cooked Sam Ellinger look I'm a Texas Longhorns fan Sam Ellinger is the answer to nothing In Indianapolis Chris Ballard needed to get more aggressive Either to move up in the draft or to get a veteran Who could do something at quarterback He didn't do that and now they've wasted The window of that very talented roster 
if Andrew Luck had stayed healthy the entire time and stayed in the league and not retired, this team could have made some noise. But once he left, they had this playoff-ready roster, and now it's crumbled. And I think that's something that the Jets need to learn from. And we talked about this, Glenn. If Zach Wilson can continue to play the way that he played this past week against the Bills and slowly but surely elevate from that and get better and better, the Jets are going to be in really good shape. If he reverts back to what he did against the Patriots and a couple of the other games this season, then the Jets have to look at the Colts as a warning sign. They can't waste the window of a young, talented roster that has a chance to do something on a quarterback that isn't going to be fit for the job. So hopefully Zach Wilson continues to grow into the role and builds on the progress that we saw against the Buffalo Bills, but the Jets absolutely have to look at the Colts as a caution tale. As far as what you should do with the time that normally you would spend looking at mock drafts this time of year, hang out with your wife. If you have kids, hang out with your kids. Take up some new hobbies. Go for a walk. Go cycling. Pick up a TV show. There are a few good ones. Maybe watch some boxing matches. Watch a little more college football, but watch it for fun instead of scouting players for the Jets. There's a whole lot of stuff you can do. It's a big world out there. Absolutely. And I, pr- I promise I'm not stealing this from you, but when the question was asked, the first, well, not the first name, the, the first name that popped into my head for which Jets player would I want to come out of nowhere and coach the team was Kevin Mawai. because And, you know, even though the Colts, what they're doing is crazy, you know, one of my thoughts is always, if I'm not, if I'm not getting a quarterback to lead my team, give me a center. Give me the guy who's got to call the plays, who's got to recognize the defenses, the coverages. We've seen it, like, they're sort of like the, the closest thing to a catcher in baseball, right? The guy who's always paying attention to what's going on other than the quarterback. Um, but then I thought, you know what? Man goes a more personable guy. Like, he's just the everyman. The fans love him. So I want a center, and if it's between Mangold and Mawai, give me Mangold. So 100% agree with you on that call right there. And as far as, as you said, things to do in the offseason or in the bye week right now, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a draft geek, so I'm still into it. But you know what? Skip over the first 15 picks. Skip over the first 17 picks because the Jets are picking there this year. Um, look at the later rounds, and when you're not looking at football, absolutely. Netflix, Prime, pick up a book. You know, uh, something I've been guilty of the last few months, not doing enough reading. I've been so wrapped up in, in the Jets and football and college stuff. But, uh, yeah, pick up a good book, and uh, and when you do look at the draft, don't bother with those first early picks because that doesn't affect the Jets this year. Yeah, Glenn, we were actually just talking about books we were reading, and I was mentioning that I just started Blood Will Out by Walter Kern, who's a fantastic writer, and it's about a real-life experience Walter Kern had where he met a guy named Clark Rockefeller who was supposedly the heir to the Rockefeller fortune, and Clark Rockefeller turned out to be a con man who was actually a serial killer. And so it's a true story. And the fact that this guy is a professional writer who's so good to begin with and has this incredibly rich firsthand story to tell was something I needed to check out. So I've been reading that. And I know that you're constantly trying to read books, but you've got so much going on that it takes you forever to get through some of them. Yeah, I just I just started a, a book that I bought a while back, and it's it's a monster. It's a million pages long, but it's uh it's one of the many uh, st- uh, books on uh, Rasputin, uh, the 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 Mad Monk as they called him in Russia, who sort of infiltrated the uh, the the royal family and kind of took control of the country as some you know a mystic who just wandered out of the woods and uh, convinced the royal family he, he had healing powers for their sick children and basically ran up in a r- 
ridiculous position of power running the country. It's an unbelievable story. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Visit playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel to check out everything we're doing over there. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great All-22 breakdowns. Watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.